myself out. I am afraid of I'm terrified and paralyzed by I am deathly afraid of Welcome to the Sum of All Fears podcast with your host, me, Ryan Perio. Hello and welcome to the Sum of All Fears podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Perio. This week, the week of my comedy recording, I am releasing my episode with social media influencer friend and brand ambassador, Emily C. White. Emily is a good friend of mine. Uh, we've, we met at a comedy show where she came to karaoke at a karaoke bar right next door. She's a fun person. She's a free spirit, fun energy. Um, so when I met her, I thought maybe at the future sometime we would she would be a guest on my podcast. And so over the holidays, I recorded an episode with her, and I'm releasing it now. And in this episode, we talk about social media influencing and how it's it's been therapeutic for her. We talk about dating, which is kind of a lot of her Instagram stories deal with her dating life. So we talk about dating and then we get into her fear of losing her independence and having to depend on someone that maybe she doesn't have the best relationship with. And it's a really good, fun conversation. So let's get into that interview right now with Emily C. White. And my guest is social media influencer and brand ambassador for a various uh, various beverages and items, Emily White. Emily. Hello. How are you? <laughs> Great. It's actually, not to overcorrect you, but it's Emily C. White. Emily you C. Know, White. Like, That's yeah. Where you can... I, I mean, I like to be a little different because I've actually met another Emily White before. Mm-hmm. Crazy. So it's kind of like John C. Riley, Sterling K. Brown, you mm-hmm. know, like the the little middle name initial actually makes a difference. Okay. So Emily C. White, that's I believe that's your <laughs> Instagram, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so you've you've done brand ambassadoring and influencing. So how did you kind of, I guess, come to social media influencing? Like how did you, I guess, discover that that was what you wanted to I guess pursue? Quarantine. No, I'm kidding. I mean kinda. So I have a degree in musical theater. Um, so performance, entertainment, I've, I've always wanted, I've always been an entertainer by nature. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I did try the whole acting thing and it's, you're at the mercy at, of a writer. You're at the mercy of a director. You're at the mercy of an audition. Um, so with quarantine, um, back in 2020, we all remember mm-hmm. <laughs> those great times, right? You know, we were stuck to our phones and, you know, people were desperate to consume some sort of kind of entertainment. And, um, it was actually someone that I was kind of talking to at the time. He was like, you know, this is a fresh restart for everyone. Everyone's starting with a clean slate. This is your time to integrate and, and do something new, fresh and unique. And so I just started doing little skits here and there. And then um, slowly but surely trying to find my niche because that's the whole thing with influencing. It's just kind of trying to find what, 
what little niche or what kind of like hole you can peg yourself into mm-hmm. so that people can be drawn into that. Um, and I feel like <laughs> the one that I've kind of drawn myself into is my dating life or okay. my love life or lack thereof is the one that I like to call it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and a lot of people seem to be resonating with that. Um, they love the updates. They love to know what's happening. They, they kind of even ask me, they're like, so what happened with so-and-so? And I'm like, who? <laughs> so that's, that's kind of how that, that fell into place. Well, that's interesting. So, so you, have you like, so dating and relationships is kind of, I guess your, I guess, niche. Mm. <laughs> um, I mean, and also just kind of Dallas. So I like my tagline is Dallas blogger. Mm-hmm. But I think I need something a little more broad because I don't want to, I mean, I live here in Dallas, but mm-hmm. I feel as if I need to expand it so that I'm not boxed into a certain, I don't know. I'm still figuring my way through it. Let, I mean, I, j- let's just call myself a content creator. <laughs> okay. Well, that's, that's awesome. It's, it's, it's easy. It's, it's definitely something that takes a lot of courage. Because you're you're expo you're kind of opening your you know kind of opening up things that most people would keep private, mm-hmm. you know, but not too like full on like it's not every detail, but you are giving pretty much like the lowdown of this this is what this guy is saying to me, you know you you mm-hmm. blur out certain passages, but you know here's yeah. the gist of our conversation. Yeah, yeah, I know that there's, I mean. You're you're a comedian, right? Yes. And so you understand that you have to draw from your own personal experiences to deliver mm-hmm. the best kind of jokes or the best kind of you know content, whatever. Um, but you also know that you need to draw the line from yes. time to time, and uh, so that's, that's 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 the same thing. Whenever I tell a guy that I'm about to go on a date with, I, I flat out tell them, dating me is like dating a comedian. Your your daily life will somehow end up in my sketches or whatever my skits. Um, however, I respect privacy. <laughs> I understand that there's some guys that don't like to be fully out there. There's some that don't care. There's actually the ones that fully support it, and those are hidden gems because they're like, who am I to be judging what you do? I mean, there's people literally out there on OnlyFans. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, if they're making a killing out of it, who, who am I to, to tell you to stop? So those are the ones that I appreciate. But I'll blur out faces. I'll blur out, like, names. Um, and I'll, or I'll keep it in my close friend story. <laughs> that's, well, that's fantastic. And, you know, it's, it's, it's really cool that a lot of them are conducive to that. I mean, it's... I mean, it's kind of become a social media world. And so I, I mm. feel like more and more that's going to happen is that more people are going to kind of, you know, say here by dating me, there is going to be some some level of publicity to what mm-hmm. our relationship. And it may just be, you know, thing romantic gestures or things in it inadvertently you awkwardly said that awkward moments and things like that will become part of the I guess public like knowledge to to me and the people that watch my stories mm-hmm. have and most guys have been comfortable with that like they're okay like yeah or has there been some guys that are like flat out no so yeah. I actually had one dude um and I'm pretty 
well, not on this current dating profile, <laughs> but in my last dating profile over the summer, because, you know, I have to take breaks. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so over the summer, I was very clear. I put it in like one of the descriptions. I said, um, let's, let's be upfront about this. I, I consider myself a public figure and you have to be okay with public. What mm-hmm. I can, I don't remember the wording exactly. So the dude called me because I gave him my number and, um, and that's another, <laughs> the whole fake number, real number thing. That's a, that's another not fun topic, um, that I've encountered with the dating world. Um, but anyway, I gave this dude a number of mine and he, he called, we talked for about a good two hours. So could you not? And, um, we agreed that we were going to meet up. We even live here in the same neighborhood, very convenient. And we, we seem to have hit it off on the phone. And then he ghosted me for about two days. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, what happened? And he messaged me the day that we were supposed to meet. And he goes, so I've been thinking about it. And like, I looked at your social media. It's super fun and everything. But I decided that it's not for me. So good luck. Have a good life. <laughs> so... It has happened that I've literally been stood up before the date even happens because mm-hmm. the guys just kind of just freak out at the idea. And and here's the kicker. The dude is in a band mm-hmm. and we were talking about how he needs to um, how they're trying to grow and like how they need to tap into the whole social media stuff. And I'm like, I can totally help you with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let me like try to boost you. Like, let me handle your social media or whatever. So good luck, sir, on trying to, you know, pick up your band or whatever. Like social media is the way of the world now. It's it's a necessary evil. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, even presidents, I mean, the freaking POTUS has a Twitter account. Let's not talk about Trump. But I'm just saying in general, (laughs) that's a way for people to communicate to the public now. And for there are those people that just are diehard, like, no, I refuse to have a Facebook. I refuse mm-hmm. to have this. I refuse to have that. But I think there will be a point in time, even LinkedIn, come on, like even for work, you even have to have a LinkedIn. So good luck trying to stay anonymous. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's definitely an interesting thing because it's, it's starting, you know, the lines, the, the lines blur, you know, with everybody, everybody differently. And so some people, are very open on social media. Some people, some comedians just strictly use it to, you know, to produce, you know, just to show date, show dates and, and Mm -hmm. other things that they do comedy wise, but they keep their personal lives. Other people, you know, are just like, here I am. And here's the, you know, my life and times. And it's just, you have to balance that. I I would say with your own, I guess, mental, Mm. mental health capacity is what I, I would call it. Just, just to make sure that you are, you know, you are cultivating life outside of it as well, too, that you're not. Absolutely. You're not just completely like there's an intimate moment or something. And hold on, I've got to post something, you know, that's. <laughs> Absolutely. No, which you kind of segued into what I wanted to talk next, which is about how I have found that Instagram has been relatively therapeutic for me. Mm-hmm. Um which kind of talks it, it it goes into this whole fears thing. 
I don't, I don't know if you have a, <laughs> a set way that you do your podcast, but th- that was a perfect segue into, into talking about um, the fears and all that good stuff for me. So <clears throat> I have found because a, you know, quarantine, right? So with quarantine, I live alone. Don't murder me. People don't come looking for me. Don't murder me, please. <laughs> but I do live alone. And because, uh, you know, there was no way to get out or whatever, I used Instagram as a way to express how I was feeling, the frustrations and, and also like that, the joys of also just, you know, being confined or whatever. But also I have also found it therapeutic because I get to express myself because when I was younger, um, I was told to keep quiet. I was told that I wasn't able to, to say much. Um, I had to keep a lot of things guarded in secret. Um, and now that I'm an adult and now that I have control over my life um, and I don't have any parental units um, or family members telling me to keep quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, now this is my, my way therapeutically to heal myself and be able to, and thank goodness I live in a country where I can do that because mm-hmm. there's other, I mean, China for crying out loud, you, you talk and you disappear literally. <laughs> and thank goodness also that we're in a time and age where as a woman, I can also speak freely. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's also what, what um, some of my followers have found refreshing that I'm, I'm giving a woman's point of view <laughs> of the dating struggles of what's happening out there. Yeah. And it's good on you for using that to, you know, to build, I guess, that confidence to be able to feel comfortable in that space. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure there's there's many women that would, you know, that because of, you know, just upbringing and parenting and it's just, it's hard. It's hard to, it's hard to want people to succeed while also wanting them to also conform and fit in. And so there's always that, I guess, that struggle of trying to find the balance of you can do anything, but hey, don't do this. This looks bad. Mm -hmm. And there's there's always going to be that, I guess, perception versus, I guess, reality kind Mm -hmm. of struggle. I want to call myself a mixture of Amy Schumer and... I can't, I don't, I can't really put my, my foot on the, on my finger on the next person, but like, I definitely really identify with how I really have to thank Amy Schumer really, because she really opened up the, the, the doors on women just, and for her, if you look back at her standups now, mm-hmm. not really that vulgar, but back then they would call her vulgar, but, but it was because it was unseen. Mm-hmm. It was a woman talking about her experiences and just, you know, look at me, I'm chunky or like, look at me, this is, this is how I'm living mm-hmm. my life and like the, the struggles of it. Yeah. Um, and so I really, I really do got to thank Amy Schumer for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, I like to call it emotional honesty and ah. just basically saying, you know, this, this is, this is the reality. This is not, you know, this is not me being nice or saying, saying the polite things this is the emotional honesty of being a woman in new york in a male-dominated society yeah and because i i'm a big fan of elaine boozler who in the early late 70s early 80s kind of came up with the jerry seinfelds and the 
Larry, the not Larry David's, but the uh, David Letterman's and Jay Leno's and stuff that were kind of pioneering the stand-up world you see today in the late seventies. And in Elaine Boozler, there is there is there's a passage in a book called uh, "I'm Dying Up Here," where they talk <laughs> where they talk about like the one the lady that owns a laugh factory is Polly Shore's mom. Her husband was a comic, and he left her to kind of run this comedy club while he toured. And oh my so, gosh. and so it became an empire, and she basically divorced and became her own business owner and everything else. But to try to, I guess, to to help, I guess, to, in her way, to try to help women, female comics get a leg up, she designed a room called the Belly Room, which was supposed to be highlighting and only female performers. Awesome. And Elaine Boozler was against it because she's like, I want to play against the boys. If we if mm. if you make it our own place, then we'll never have the credibility of a man, you know, because yeah. they have boys room where everybody goes and this is the girls room. And so it kind of she wanted it yeah, to. Yeah, she wanted to, to, to still be integrated in and the male dominated and still beat them at their own game rather than. To, yes. and so i that's why i'm always i'm always a, like interested in see how i guess women perceive that because i think there are things that we can do better in comedy but there are there are things like we can't as much as we want it to be mm-hmm. i would say not fem you know just a equal opportunity for everybody is we don't want to also then I don't want to say water down, but I don't know, but kind of water that down by just catering to that. Mm-hmm. Instead, have them be just as talented as their as the male counterparts are, and to shine outshine them versus. To, no, I love it. And so that's that's always been my my philosophy on it is I I want them. I want everybody to have their moment, but I don't want them to feel like they have to be handed that moment. I want them to take it and run with it and show that they're better and not just be in a show just because, you know, an all woman show just because they're a female comic. I want the female comic to be on the same bill as a male comic or African-American comic or gay lesbian comic doesn't matter. And I want them to all equal shine equally as bright as you know, the straight white male dominated comic. Yeah, exactly. It just, even the playing field. Yes. Allow us the opportunity to come up into the playing field because everybody wants to have a, you know, everybody's different and we Mm -hmm. all have unique experiences. And one, just seeing that one perspective is not going to be funny to a certain kind of person because we've never lived that kind of experience before. Mm-hmm. So I totally agree with you opening up the playing field and just being able to um, see everybody else's experiences. So, so in this dating, have you ever, I guess, run into the situation of somebody, I won't say stalking, but maybe basically becoming like a, too much of a fan, like it, I guess, fan. Like kind of crossing the line to of that comfort area of, of stuff to a little bit. I mean, it starts it starts in the DMs. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I I recently just had a video go viral. It's probably sitting at two point six million views now, which is incredible. Yeah. Um, but 
in the video, I'm giving my number to a boy, to a guy. Mm-hmm. And I've had these random dudes hitting me up in the DMs, sliding in the DMs, being like, oh, I see you giving your number. So uh, can you take mine? Or like, but also playing towards the theme of the of the thing of the, of the video. So the theme of the video is that I gave my number to a, a dude that's dressed up as an elf. Mm-hmm. And he's working at a Christmas themed like museum or whatever. Um, and so I've been having creepos <laughs> being like, oh, maybe I can jingle down your bells or whatever. Yeah. Um, so it starts there. And I try not to entertain those because clearly it's a waste of time. Yeah. Um, but I have had, it's interesting. I'm going to knock on wood and say I haven't had any stalkers yet. Knock, knock on that wood. Yes. Um, however, I have had people just get really like invested in my life mm-hmm. and then start kind of demanding a little bit too much from me. Um, and so I strategically, because I can't just block these people, right? Because they'll find a way to contact me. I strategically have had to, at least with one dude, I had to like stop, slowly stop replying so that, because the algorithm on, on Instagram at least, is that if you DM someone, their stories will pop up on your feed first. And that's how the algorithm is shown. So I knew this going in. So I had to strategically stop looking or replying to his DMs so that I would slowly start fading away from the top of his like browser. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once I realized, once I noticed that I wasn't getting as many DMs from him, um, I started blocking his different pages because he had followed me from three different pages. And so I had to individually mm-hmm. go in and block him on on all the ones that I know of. <laughs> yeah. So I have, but but like I said, it wasn't a stalking thing, um, and I did have to contact because I saw that he was also following, and I had to again, I had to like be strategic. I saw who else he was following that I knew that I'm friends with, and I contacted them, and I was like, "How do you know this person? Like, did they talk to you as much as this dude does to me?" And no, he wasn't talking to her as much as he was to me. So I said, hey, listen, like, I'm going to block this dude. So, like, hopefully he doesn't, like, hit you up or whatever. Um, so, yeah. So it can, it can get a little creepy. It yeah. can get a little creepy. <laughs> and, and unfortunately with the online, that happens because they don't – I feel like a lot of people lack the confidence to, like, approach or tactfully, you know, be – That's one. Yeah, because I, 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 as an awkward person, I've been there. I've been there where <laughs> I don't, I assume I, I mistake kindness for attraction, and so mm. I've been, I've been in that realm of, it's, it's somewhat innocent, but it's also invasive. It's not, not, not threatening, but it's uncomfortable. It's one of those things where you're not, <laughs> you know, I'm not getting the hint because you're trying to nicely say. You're not interested, and all I can see, <laughs> all I can hear, is the niceness, and so, uh, and so, I, I've as, as someone that's that's made that mistake over and over, I, I I kind of sympathize, but I also understand that you also have the opportunity to better yourself. It's it's mm. not it's not beholden on every female or male or anyone you talk to 
to -hmm. make you a better person. You have to also put in the work to say, okay, this is the third woman that's kind of like, (laughs) you know, uncomfortably ended our conversations. I'm noticing a pattern. (laughs) Yeah, you have. And then you just kind of, you know, do the work. It might, you know, maybe I'm being I'm giving too much information about my life. Sometimes when you talk Mm. to people and you're you tell them about how single you are and how you would love to be, you know, a serious relationship. Mm. You're you may be talking to an other person that's not in that in that space and Mm. just looking to date and have fun. And you're you're basically starting to put parameters on your dating that that suggests that this is going to be I'm going to make this serious or it's going to be nothing. And so they're mm-hmm. going to choose nothing because that's n- being in a serious relationship isn't for them. And it's just it's one of those things where I f- a lot of people, too, I feel make the mistake of this is I want this out of a relationship. And I feel like. You shouldn't have you should have some prerequisites of what kind of relationship you want, but also keep them loose. You don't Mm -hmm. know. You don't know if you're going to evolve into a serious relationship. It could Mm -hmm. be instead just go for the fun and, you know, the opportunity to, you know, a new acquaintance and new something, maybe a new restaurant, maybe a new venue, something you never experienced instead of, okay, well. I'm going to take her on a date. And so, you know, it's just one of those things where people, I feel, sometimes put too many rules on the game that nobody wants to play. If you put all, it's like playing, you know, house or whatever, where you have to be this person. I don't want to be this person. No, that's how the game's played. You have to be this person. Well, then I'm not going to play with you. And so, mm-hmm. and so I feel like it's it's one of those things where I hope people, you know, take that time to kind of accept maybe you know, that they made a mistake because I feel like so many people don't want to feel like they are made a mistake that they end up, you know, getting resentful yeah, yeah. resentful or hateful to people when they don't have to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, my other theory is because you're letting people into your life, um, they automatically think that you're kind of like best friends with them. Yeah. And that's happened. I know to one blogger friend of mine, uh, her name is Courtney. And she said that she ran into a fan or someone that follows her Mm -hmm. and just like, and just started talking about like Mm -hmm. things that she was like, I don't, I don't know you. And it made her uncomfortable because yeah, she does share a lot about herself, but it's kind of very one-sided. And so there's a relationship happening, but you're, you're not really involved in that relationship. And so people start formulating ideas in their own heads about Mm -hmm. you. And that, that's where it can get a little, a little creepy because you're, you're letting in someone, but not, but you're letting them so far. So I don't know. There's there is a fine line, and especially with some dudes, it can be it can be a little tricky. Yeah, but yeah, you know, I, I try to I try to play the it's everybody you know it's an innocent mistake until you make it. You you start to you get I would say get more defensive and less innocent about it. I mean, it's okay. <laughs> it's just I don't see where people get so bent out of shape, or you know, if somebody says. 
I'm not interested. Like even in online dating, like I had a f- mm-hmm. friend, she would show me her, the messages she would get online dating. And I was just shocked at how like almost bipolar, like it would be, you're so beautiful. And, and then she was like, I'm not interested. Fuck you, fatty. You know, it's like, yeah. and I'm like, you don't know how it's not their fault. Yep. That they're not interested in you. There is some chemistry there. It's not that they're, they're, they're not like a prom, like a prom queen dismissing you. Mm-hmm. They don't have ill will. And I don't understand. <laughs> I just don't understand the embarrassment fee. I know there's a little bit of awkwardness, but it shouldn't feel like humiliation or <clears throat> something to that effect. Yeah. That you, that you have to basically, okay, well, if you're, that's how it's going to be. Let me just burn, <laughs> you know, let me just light this, this fire and burn this bridge. And I'm like, I was like, what happened to just normal conversation? Like I know right. And I, again, I'm not, am I the best at it? Absolutely not. I, there are are tons of women that will tell you I'm super awkward, but I also, thanks to stand up, I've also kind of owned the fact that I am. And it's like, you Mm. you kind of, one thing that I've learned from comedy is just to make peace with my flaws and be like, okay, Mm -hmm. instead of beating myself up with them and saying, you know, and I feel like so many people do beat themselves up for you know, ruining that opportunity. And it's like, it's just the best way I've described, I I would say dating has been described to me is it's not, everybody wants to say, you know, it's like this lightning bolt of lightning, you know, attraction. And I'm like, it's not really a bolt of lightning. It's more like the rain. You just have, it's not one definitive strike that you know immediately. There's just pitter patter of opportunity. Mm-hmm. that just come around every so often it's not every day it's also not forever there's just every mm-hmm. once in a while you'll have a little rain shower of opportunity i guess this kind of does segue into your fear because it's a very interesting fear but it's something that i feel like everyone i guess even as you get older i feel like it becomes a bigger fear than it does now but go ahead and tell people what you're afraid of I am afraid of losing my independence. Um, and the way that I have, that I want to describe that is <clears throat> not to get too traumatic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, I don't want to lose my independence because, you know, growing up as a child, clearly you need to depend on someone. Right. Mm-hmm. But what if the people that are meant to take care of you and the people that you're supposed to trust are abusive to you? Yeah. So you basically live in fear of, um, or you learn how to live with that abuse and Mm -hmm. uh, just kind of be gaslit into thinking that it's normal. Yeah. So after many years of therapy, of course, um, I have now come to terms with walking away from all of my family. Okay. Um, and like, for example, this Thanksgiving, Christmas, all that good stuff, New Year's, I did not go anywhere. I stayed right here mm-hmm. on my couch where I'm safe and sound. Okay. Um, and it was amazing being able to just be alone, not have to deal with any kind of like... Mm-hmm you know, trauma or whatever. So-and-so is coming to dinner. So 
none of that. Yeah, put up a front, put up the smile and pretend that everything's good. But that's what I've been doing for so many years. And um, and the same thing with the whole staying quiet and why I feel like talking on Instagram is therapeutic because mm-hmm. all these years I've, I've had to be quiet about the abuse. So the reason why I'm scared of losing my independence is because I don't want to have to go back to being reliant or dependent on someone that has abused me before. Mm-hmm. Um, so, of course, like my mom, it wasn't physical abuse or sexual abuse. It was more of um, mental, mm-hmm. mental abuse and, and holding me hostage in a, in a situation that I was not comfortable being in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can elaborate on all that stuff, but I don't know how deep we want to get into that. But what, so like with my mom, of course, I, I, I have a little bit of a, of a talking uh, relationship with her. And, you know, I know that she would take care of me if, if something happens to me. But if I were to get into a car accident and lose an arm or a leg mm-hmm. or become blind or, you know, something where I'm physically debilitated, I know for sure that my mother would take care of me. But I don't want that to happen because I don't want to be reliant on someone that mm-hmm. has mentally abused me before. Yeah. Same with financial. You know, I want to be financially independent from everybody because part of the trauma, one of one part of the trauma was that they would hold finances over me, um, saying that you, I would not be able to be independent or be able to live on my own um, based on money because I mm-hmm. wouldn't be able to make enough. And so they would hold me, uh, like saying like they would give me money so that I wouldn't leave. Um. So yeah, so if I were to be physically uh, debilitated, if I were to be financially crippled um, or any kind of way that would impact my, or I lose my apartment, I get evicted, whatever the case may be, when it comes to lose, oh, I can't drive or I lose my driver's license or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Losing my independence means that I would have to go back into uh, a world or a, a an environment where mm-hmm. I would not be in control anymore. Okay. And that is so scary to me. Cause I don't yeah. want that to happen. <laughs> it would be, it's, it's scary even without the, I guess the backstory and everything else involved. I mean, mm-hmm. at some point, you know, your spouse, parent, child or whatever, you, you eventually, you you eventually, eventually lose that. It's just you know, mm-hmm. parent. Your mom's not going to be around f- forever, right? You're, you know, it's, you could marry a spouse, but you never no guarantees that they'll be there forever. Well, and so then I don't want to have kids. I don't. I that's that's another reason why I'm single is because I I do not want children. So therein lies another kind of aspect of losing my independence because I know that what 80 70 80 mm-hmm. you know things will start crippling down <laughs> and where am i gonna go am i gonna go into an old people's home or am i gonna go in the, i mean the the nice way would be to go into a family house but i don't have children that are going to be taking care of me mm-hmm. so that's not an option um you know i've heard horror stories of people going into a home uh, older care and they just basically get abused there. They just neglection. 
uh, or being neglected. So again, that's another form of of fear of mine when I whenever I get older. So I kind of have this thing where I'm I'm good if I die at like 70, 75. Okay. Like I think I lived a, a pretty decent life. <laughs> I mean Betty White had yeah, <laughs> carpet my DM. That's correct. Yeah. I lived a good life. Um after that, like your retirement starts to run low and you don't want to have to be dependent on that. Social security. Let's talk about that. We're not really gonna be ripped those benefits anytime soon so we probably won't be having that that's another a fear so like yeah it's just be like the the fear of the unknown in the future Mm -hmm. and the the current fear now of losing my independence that freaky deaky (laughs) so have you talked to your mom about that is that just something that that she they just that road just won't be repaired to the point that we, she's actually talked to me about it more than I've talked to her about it mm-hmm. because currently she's taking care of her mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's starting to freak out about like, what's going to happen to me when it, this happens? Because my grand, my abuela is starting to have dementia. Mm-hmm. And so my mother is kind of freaking out about like, well, what if this happens to me? Like, are you going to take care of me? And I'm like, does it look like I want to take care of you after everything that you've done for me? And so she feels like me not really talking to her right now is like a phase. I'm like, this mm-hmm. is, this isn't a phase. This is the consequences of your actions. <laughs> like I'm establishing my boundaries. I understood. Um, so I don't know. It's right now it's a sensitive. Yeah. I just didn't know if there topic. was a, if there were steps that she could take to kind of prove to you. There is one, there's one major one, and that's if for her to divorce my, the the man that she's married to right now. Okay. If she were to divorce him, I feel like that would, that would be a good step in the right direction. Okay. Fair enough. I just, I was just wondering if there, if it was just sealed off or, you know, this is, this is as far as we're ever going to, this is as close as we're ever going to be anymore. But is yeah. You know, just just kind of, I guess, in my own mind, okay. So that you're saying there's a chance, like that. I am saying yes. I am okay. saying that there is a chance. I have not closed the door. I did block her for a while, but you know, slowly mm-hmm. but surely, I started on blocking her. I get her annoying emails, just like <laughs> updates, stuff like that. Wow, I really my my allergy pill just really just dead. <laughs> <laughs> I can't breathe through my nose anymore. But yeah, no, I mean, she's my mother at the end of the day. And I don't, I'm not, I'm not one of those evil people that is going to shut out a person. Like I, I, I have told her, I have forgiven her for what she has done. Mm -hmm. And, uh, what's now I'm starting to lose my train of thought. Um, I have forgiven her for what she has done and she did the best that she could under the circumstances that she was given. Mm-hmm. She was she was able to do the best to her abilities. Yeah. Now, could she have done better? Oh, hell yeah, she could have yeah. done better. But now that she's going to therapy, I'm going to therapy. We're learning. At, like I, I know that I'm going to have to be the one that breaks the generational cycles. Mm-hmm. But in order to do that, there needs to be consequences to the actions that were done, okay. and that's all. Just kind of just establishing the boundaries so that she knows that. Yeah. We, she knows how to respect me now as an adult. Yeah. So it's like you can go this far, but you can't go further. There's no, 
And that's, Mm -hmm. and that's healthy. I mean, it's, it's healthy to, you know, just do that and to, and to still have that line of communication. And I know some people, Mm -hmm. you know, with parents and stuff, sometimes just have, you know, they're not even on speaking terms and that's. Right. Yeah. Of course I I considered emancipating myself. (laughs) Of course I was like, I will divorce myself from this whole family, but you know, at the heat of the moment, of course. Yeah. But I, I have, have come to terms and also that's a lot of therapy too. My, my yeah. therapist is like, how can we have a relationship with your mother? <laughs> yeah. How can we do this? <laughs> but at the same time, I mean, it's take it. It's definitely something you have given a lot of thought because you have to, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's still your decision at the end of the day. If your if your mom refuses to respect the boundaries you put up, I mean, she's backing you into a decision that you have to make. Mm-hmm. And it's protecting myself. Yeah. Because again, she never, she wasn't able to protect me as a child. So I have to protect myself now as an adult. That, so, that kind of situation. So have you like considered monetizing your Instagram or is that a work in progress as far as for the financial, I guess, fear that of financial independence? Have you tried to then say, okay, well, if that's the case, let me try to monetize, you know, more aspects of my life to, give me more financial independence and the, to maybe sock away you know, a little bit of money here and there for emergencies. Absolutely. I was wondering where you were going with that segue. I was like, what? That was such a quick jump into something completely different. Um, no, I'm glad that you explained yourself. Uh, oh, of course. Of course. I've, I've thought like, that's the next step. I mean, I, you know, I'm also struggling with that whole imposter syndrome of mm-hmm. like, well, this person did this, so I can't do that. But at the same time, the whole beauty of TikTok and Reels is imitating what someone else has done, but yeah. do it a little differently or and or better. Yeah. And so I need to be okay with with it's okay to be a part of a trend. It's okay to participate in these things, but also keep in mind my original content and but not be overwhelming with ads or overwhelming with sponsor mm-hmm. posts and that that stuff because that that annoys me. Yeah, And you can see through that. But I was actually talking to uh, someone today. We went to the same school together and we haven't talked in years. And she started talking to me because she was really resonating with um, the things that I've been posting recently. Mm-hmm. And she was telling me, you know, you know, of course, the next step, because she, she's in sales. And so we were talking about that. And she said, you know, coming from from someone that that's in sales, I feel like whenever you do do a, a sponsor post, you do it so organically and so fluid, fluidly mm-hmm. that I don't mind seeing them because it, it you somehow make it a part of your brand and it makes me interested in the product or the place that you're visiting. And so that was just so reassuring that it seems as whatever I'm doing is working and I need to be more proactive about doing that. Currently, I am on a, I get a free product, I'll post about you kind of thing like gifted, that's what they call gifted. Um, but of course, the next step is to start making money off of the posts. I finally, this is a moment of celebration, I finally made $250 <laughs> off a of video. So that was super exciting. I know it's not a lot, but for one it video, was, it's, I mean, you put for that, one video. Yeah. But I mean, you also put in the work for it to make that video quality versus just starting uh-huh. out like you ha- there are there's a lot of trial and error with some of this stuff so 
Yeah. And I actually, so out of the 250, the $50 that I made, I paid a friend of mine to help me with it. So I really profited 200 um, because my friend came up with the concept and she filmed it for me. Um, and then everything else I did, I did the editing. Of course, I did the acting, all that good stuff. But so, you know, I also, I also help the people that help me. <laughs> good on you for doing that. Cause some people, yeah. as you've probably experienced your dating, don't do that. They just kind of mm-hmm. just take, take, take. And yeah, no, no, no. She's been good to me. She's been very supportive. And so we were both shooting. We were both there for the same uh, promotion. Um, and I think, yeah. Uh, yeah, we, anyways, she, we were both there and she was the one that came up with the idea, but it wouldn't fit for her brand. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you know, it would be really funny if someone did this and this and this. And I said, I can do it. And she was like, oh, let me film you. And then that's how it ended up. So first, there's always a first mm-hmm. and that's my first. And it was for, um, a Brazilian wax <laughs> yeah. campaign. It was for a Brazilian wax campaign. Which fit, totally fits my brand. <laughs> yeah. But you could totally do a dating podcast. Like you could totally take this and, you know, just, t- you know, riff on a subject for, you know, 15 to 20 minutes about, you know, so either your last date with whoever mm-hmm. and just go through the, you know, you can, you could Instagram story it, but then, you know, for the real, the nitty gritty details, like you could have mm-hmm. a, a broad overview of your date. But if you want to yeah. know the down and dirty, yeah. Subscribe to my podcast, da 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 da, and just see where it goes, and just see, you know, you just record yourself and put it up, and just see how how people and you know, it's probably even more therapeutic that you could actually go through the, you know, thirty minutes of details instead of trying to condense right. it down to a minute and then another minute. Oh, I know. Gosh, I really I have to re-record myself. That's actually a secret that I never tell people is how many times I re-record one minute worth of a story. Yeah. Because yeah. that I as you can see, I kind of struggle with my words. I'm bilingual. So it's not that I, I think in English first, but sometimes words in Spanish come quicker. And I I don't know what it is, but I just stumble on my words a lot. It also doesn't help that I have braces. So to to film a big old story in one minute takes me at least, I want to say, and I'm not lying, it takes me at least 10 tries. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't realize. So that's why I have to put the captions, like the subtitles in there, so that people can follow along with how quickly I'm speaking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So are you like Desi Arnaz from I Love Lucy where it just the, in the moment it's all Spanish and then <laughs> when you get me angry or drunk, it's uh, um, who's that? Kristen Bell. There's this thing. There's this interview where Kristen Bell is talking to Ellen DeGeneres and she was talking about slots mm-hmm. and she was talking about like or crying. It was about crime, but it was the episode with the sloth. So she says uh, on the emotional range on the scale of one to 10, right? If I'm between a four and a seven, I'm good. But if I'm between a one and a three and an eight and a 10, I'm crying. That's it. I'm just crying. <laughs> crying good, crying bad, just crying. Uh, now I forgot why I was talking about that. Oh, so when it comes to my Spanish, it's the same thing. If you get me mad or if you get me drunk, no, oh, el español va a salir aquí. <laughs> Vamos a darle en español que, que, que se me sale más rápido. 
So definitely take you to a Mexican restaurant or taqueria. When no, you're drunk that way. I'm not that, Mexican. A lot of people get that said. That's another thing that I need to well, make a post Sp- about. I'm just saying Spanish in general that you're. Oh, that, yeah. That you can you can at least order at the menu. Oh, see, 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 see. Yeah, I, you're. I would say you. You don't see, you don't, you're definitely very light skinned. So I would say you're definitely on the Spanish side of. Yeah. I've also avoided the sun a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I've been indoors a lot, (laughs) but you get me out uh, like for a week tanning and I'll come back round and you'll be like, who is that? So of course, like there's at first I'll burn Mm -hmm. because it's been a while since I've been out in the sun and I'll be red. But if you have me consistently going to the beach for a week, I'll I'll after the after the 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 burn, <laughs> then I'll turn brown. You'll be like, "What happened to you?" So, oh yeah, she's Latina. <laughs> well, I thank you for doing this. This is awesome. Thank you, Ryan. Where can people find you on social media? But as we said, Emily C White on Instagram. Is there any other places they should? Not I, you know, people, you're the second person I think that has told me about the whole podcasting thing. Is that true that you can do a podcast on OnlyFans? I don't know if we can on OnlyFans. That's something I haven't. I use Podbean, which is a, a site that pays and they have their own site. So I can just, it kind of oh. updates my, my podcast website. Gotcha. And host all oh. my episodes. Because someone else was, because, you know, I'm, I'm like you, you were talking about the whole like. Um, making money, monetizing. And someone was saying, you need to get on OnlyFans before, because right now it's just saturated with like nudes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So of course you don't go nude, but you do a podcast. So I don't know, maybe I need to start thinking about, follow me on on OnlyFans. (laughs) Well, it's it's one way. I, I feel like, you know, OnlyFans has, if people are going to OnlyFans, because of, like you said, the the reputation, I would assume mm-hmm. that that's going to be the people, the audience that you grab. Maybe yeah. that's not the audience you want to, t- you know, but maybe but that's maybe the, it is because yeah. of the dating. True. It could be to say, hey, hey, guys, here are some inside tips on things you can avoid doing mm. dating wise to to have better dates to to yeah to not lose people in texting you know in in the lead up to the date not even to you know not even just (laughs) dating but here's what to avoid when we've agreed to go out here are some things to avoid conversation wise Mm. that just literally make me want to say you know what never mind yeah it's just (laughs) because there's that because once they hear the yes there's that comfort zone of okay she likes me and they, yeah. they they just relax and sometimes they relax to the point that they feel like they can say th- things that maybe you know kind of sound either possessive or demeaning <laughs> you know that you know they'll make like an inside you know nudge nudge joke and i'm like that's okay <laughs> in certain situations like if they're okay with those that jokes then that's fine but if you don't know Mm-hmm. Don't assume that, that just because, yeah, we're going on a date, yeah, maybe we could sleep, you know, maybe, you know, just, you know, say Ooh. something about sleeping together or something, you know, even jokingly. I'm like, you know, there's things that that will now, you know, now you've kind of put this out there that mm-hmm. you still <laughs> you still want to be treated as a human being at the end of the day. And yes, 
people, I think, sometimes, you know, just get too cozy and feel like they're in. And so they can't, you know, maybe they'll still go out with me, I, you know, maybe. And then they realize, oh, this is not, you know, this isn't, you know, they just don't realize that you can still, you can still mess up. And, and yeah. it's okay to mess up, just apologize yeah. and not, not. And move on, yeah. Yeah, that's the, that's one thing the girl I'm seeing kind of helped me with because there have been situations with other comics where boundaries have been crossed and I've been mm. like, you know, and I'm like, as a guy, I don't know, I don't know how a guy, another guy is, is showing that they've learned from their mistakes. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, there was a situation where comic kind of, I guess, crossed a boundary and then wanted to apologize and she was upset because the they wanted to meet for the apology and she's like no you don't get to meet me you know you don't Whoa. get to you don't get to after that after that boundary's crossed right yeah and that's and yeah. i just did, i never even thought of that i was like you know thinking okay well he's just trying to apologize and she's right. like you you just apologize you and you move me. on you you don't you don't come up to me you don't try you can't you can't make it better so stop trying to make it better because all you're doing is making it worse by trying to keep apologizing and bringing it back up. I, I okay I can see where she's coming from. And I'm like Yikes. I had never even thought of it that way you know I've always thought like you know as a person that gets nervous when I upset people I absolutely want to rectify it mm-hmm. and and it's never occurred to me that. This is as better as it's going to get for now. Mm-hmm. You have to just walk away <laughs> and just and just basically kind of take the L because there's so much in a mentality that, you know, ego wise, that they don't want to be the offender. They don't want to, you know, the, to feel like, you know, they you, you want your conscience clear, but at the same time you want them to. And sometimes there's just no there's no middle ground. There's no you're going to make her. Oh, that's what you meant. Oh, totally yeah. forgiven. No, you right. you've crossed a boundary. I need you to go away. <laughs> and I have learned that you know that's when they want to be left alone. You leave them alone. You don't offer mm-hmm. solutions. You don't you don't try to tell them what they should do, or you know, just <laughs> you just listen and you know let them have their Process. own answers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've it's been a very painful process but i mean it's something <laughs> it's something that it, you know i wanted to learn it's like one of the things where i need to know this as somebody that's in the comedy scene that if i see this happen how can i tell that that person that violated the boundaries making you know making strides to not cross that boundary again and mm-hmm. you know so i don't i don't basically just because of that incident say they're you know they're banned forever because they mm-hmm. made one mistake i they made a mistake and yes, they're paying for it. But how do mm-hmm. I how do I let them know that they're making the right steps to to hopefully move past hmm Absolutely. Yeah. Everyone's different. You just kind of have to learn what everyone I, 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 that's the problem is also people need to communicate that with you. Yes. Yeah. There's those people that will not communicate and they just expect you to read their mind. <laughs> so I, I thank you for doing this. I hope. Yes. I you hope. can find me on Instagram, emily.c.white. All right. That's it. Well, yeah. And hopefully you keep your independence and just 
and help other people maybe maybe that's also something you can address in your podcast is you know just to make boundaries with people that you care about but also that have made mistakes in the past that you know that you need to basically save yourself from having those mistakes happen again by keeping mm-hmm. a limited interaction yeah and just kind of it, it can work with dating and can work with you know with everybody Sorry. it's all right <laughs> but yeah that could that could go to you know that could just you don't have to be just about dating you can be like hey you know women or girls or anybody that feels like they're you know feeling like somebody's telling them they have to feel this way you don't and here's how you start to make boundaries for yourself that say it's okay to be independent. It's okay to step away. Don't let them feel like you have to. I don't know what it is, man. I don't know what it is with these allergies. <laughs> yeah. And just maybe draw boundaries with your allergy medication. I know. What the heck? It's because it's a 24 hour pill and I took it last night around this time. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why it just, whoop. <laughs> disappear right in the middle of it no but i thank you so much for your suggestions i really need to uh implement those so that i can finally start monetizing and getting a little extra income so that Mm -hmm. i will be able to not have to face my fears and maybe build your audience and stuff like i know the girl i'm seeing she's really likes tender live and uh lane i'm lane Moore. she does like i guess tender live where she goes on tender and stuff and people and she posts like that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Go look up uh, ah. Lane L A N E E Moore O O R E, but she does a lot of. She's an introvert kind of person, but she kind of talks about like kind of the things that guys have said to her tender, and she kind of smartassly comes up with responses really? and stuff. So yeah, there's there's a ten- oh my god, we should be besties. Yeah, there's Tinder <laughs> Live and stuff where they just kind of they'll basically post what guys have sent, and it's like. And they'll just, you know, have commentary and stuff. And so, yeah, there is there is a niche that a lot of your niche that you're maybe not aware of. Definitely not aware of. Thank you so much for making me aware of it. All right. (laughs) We'll talk to you later. Okay. bye. So that was Emily. That was a very interesting conversation. It's a very valid fear. There's a lot of commercials that are geared towards you the fear of you losing your independence. So I totally relate to that, as well as getting older and realizing that time is getting less and less in this world and just to, you know, have an attitude of gratitude and enjoy life as much as possible. And so, yeah, and I can't imagine being the one that has to depend on somebody you know, or someone that maybe has hurt you in the past or that you have a relationship that's on the mend or it's fractured in some way that you're having to work to repair. How do you how do you how do you live in that situation? How do you how do you know that maybe you're not in the same situation you were previous? And so definitely it's something I I everyone struggles with at some part in their lives and Maybe it's, you know, you don't have to not have children or anything to struggle with that. Even kids or siblings, you know, also you can fall prey to that. 
Thanks again for everyone that listens. I appreciate you guys. My weekend was awesome with Rob Little. I was able to record my feature sets for what I hope will be a comedy CD in the near future. Well, Travis t- will take all these recordings and he'll give them a listen and then we'll go from there. And so it's it was a fun weekend. I had a great time. Crowds were awesome. We had full rooms all weekend long. It was fantastic. It was, I couldn't ask for a better recording situation. And so thanks to Rob Little for being so gracious to the Hyena staff for allowing me to do that. And for everybody that came out and supported, that was, that meant the world. If, if you like what you hear on the podcast, make sure you leave a review wherever you listen to the podcasts. Also, if you have feedback for the show, email me at somefearfans at gmail.com. Next week, I'll be in Hyannis, Dallas with Kevin Farley, the two nights there, Friday and Saturday. So come check those shows out. Other than that, next week we'll have another guest. So thanks again for listening to the Sum of All Fears podcast. Have a great week. And now some thank yous for the folks that make this show possible. Thanks to Barry Whitewater for my art and graphics. You can follow him on Instagram at bwhiteh2o. Get it? H2O like water. You can also follow him on Facebook Music. A huge thank you to Gunnar Olson for the wonderful music provided for this podcast. You can follow him on Instagram at gunbuns, that's G-U-N-B-U-N-S, as well as his website, gunnarolson.net. Check out some of the samples that he has recorded. They're amazing. He's an amazing percussionist. If you want to follow the show, we've got a Facebook group, Some of All Fears. Instagram, Twitter, you can find us at Some Fear Fans. If you have some feedback for the show, email me at somefearfans, S-O-M-E-F-E-A-R-F-A-N-S at gmail.com. I'll be happy to, to take those into consideration. Also, if you'd like to be a guest, email me at somefearfans at gmail.com. We can try to iron out some details and get that settled in. You know, give us some feedback if on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave a review. It makes the show bigger, and it's not going anywhere. I'm going to record as many shows as I possibly can. If you want to follow me on social media, I am at Ryan Perio. It's R-Y-A-N-P-E-R-R-I-O on all social media platforms. You can follow me there, and you can check me out at RyanPerio.com, my website. I'll try to list upcoming shows there as well. It's been kind of spotty because as soon as I set it up, that's when the pandemic happened and everything's kind of just in a, in a holding pattern. Thanks again for listening to the Sum of All Fears podcast. Next week, we'll have another guest with another fear. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 